Hello and happy Monday, my friends. This is Amy Lee San Juan, and I'd like to welcome you back to another deeply informative episode of Cisco Champion Radio, where we cover topics across the Cisco portfolio to give you the insights you want and need. Today, we are talking about our Thousand Eyes solutions and, solution and all of the amazing integrations we have been working to deliver to you. To help us navigate the conversation, we have an exceptional cast of Cisco Champion hosts and two amazing Thousand Eyes experts. So it is my hope that you can join us for the next half hour or so and walk away with a wealth of new information. All right, we are going to get started with some introductions. Prop, we'll start with you. Tell us more about who who you are, and what it is you do at Cisco. Thanks, Amy Lee. Hi, everyone. Nice to meet you. I'm, I'm Prab. Um, I'm uh, a product lead at Thousand Eyes. I've been at the company for about uh, six and a half years. Um, I spent most of my career in the networking industry. Um, and we, you know, Thousand Eyes was created about 10 years ago as well, as soon as I essentially entered the networking industry. Um, and it was it was really built around this mission to um, demystify large scale complex networks. Um, a lot of the initial work that Thousand Eyes did was centered around internet research and how do we understand large scale internet events and and how they impact um, any any service that's running on top of the internet. Um, and Thousand Eyes came out of stealth in 2013, where it was initially focused around you know, launching um, or solving problems for large enterprises that had complex networks as it became, you know, more and more uh, reliant upon the internet. Um, as, you know, fast forward a few more years, um, we've now kind of, you know, built a brand around how do we solve, you know, large scale problems for customers that are doing cloud migrations, uh, specifically around moving applications from your on-premise data centers to you know, AWS or GCP, Azure, all the, the big five cloud providers. As a result, you know, we have network teams that are re-architecting their networks um, um, and and leveraging, you know, SD-WAN um, and also re-architecting their security architecture and leveraging your cloud security gateways. So um, it's a sort of a quick, you know, nutshell about Thousand Eyes, but you know, excited to have this conversation and um, seeing where we go. We're excited to have you. All right, Primos, you're up next. What do you do at Cisco? Thanks, Emily. So I'm also part of Thousand Eyes, obviously. Um, and I actually joined just a little a little bit after prep. So we're both kind of, um, you know, veterans of Thousand Eyes, if you want. Um, I actually started as a web application developer back then, not in Thousand Eyes, even before. Um, and then at some point I had this opportunity and I jumped the ship into the computer networking, um, which was, you know, at that time I felt it's like a complete uh, pivot in my engineering career. Um, but then about six years ago, I was approached by a Thousand Eyes recruiter um, and he basically said, hey, we have this great app um, and it, you know, it, can do, it can monitor everything from the network to the web applications um, and we need people that know kind of both worlds. Um, and yeah, that's how I joined Thousand Eyes. Um, currently, I'm working as a technical solutions architect. Um, so I'm a little bit more um, on the engineering side um, than prop, but... Um, you know, as we say in Thousand Eyes, we, we all work in sales basically in the end. All right. Well, if that recruiter is listening, thank you for uh, recruiting Primos. <laughs> all right, Autumn, tell us about yourself. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Um, and thank you, Emily, for having me. Um, my name is Artem Tkachev. I'm infrastructure manager at Stonex. 
and responsible for uh, systems engineering and, and network engineering. Um, well, uh, the part of, of this podcast really would like to hear and discuss the monitoring capabilities of that great app. Thank you. DJ, who are you? What do you do? My name is DJ. Uh, my full name is Gerjan, but it's uh, unpronounceable for non-Dutch. <laughs> uh, I'm try. a CTO. F- <laughs> <laughs> we just don't. <laughs> I'm a CTO for a Dutch Cisco partner called Azu, and we build amazing fast-performing networks for our customers. Awesome. Shy, last but not least, my friend, what do you do? I'm Shai Silverman. I'm the director of network services for San Jose State University. So we're sort of a, a small city of about 40,000 people over here. Uh, and I manage uh, ver- various aspects of the network uh, infrastructure and a lot of the remote uh, uh, remote applications. I'm actually really excited about this episode also because we've had uh, to manage uh, and migrate our entire staff and students to work remote. and uh, gaining some of this visibility, I think, uh, is is very fascinating. Oh, and my Twitter handle is Shidom S H A I D O M. When are you gonna change it to Don't Be Shy? Uh, as soon as we get off this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Prop, kicking it back to you. So you kind of gave us a bit of an introduction, but is there anything else we need to know before we get into the discussion itself? No, no. I think, you know, at least one small kind of story I'd probably like to tell about Thousand Eyes. Um, we, you know, we were I kind of gave a brief introduction around, you know, the company being founded 10 years ago. Um, Cisco actually, believe it or not, was actually one of the earliest customers of Thousand Eyes. Um, back in 2015, I think, or, or Cisco became an early customer, Cisco IT specifically, um, as they were migrating um, uh, their their CRM application to Salesforce, um, and there was this need around you know how do we understand performance for Salesforce for our users are using Salesforce, and that's actually one of the, the the first times when we started exploring you know what does Thousandize look like in Cisco environments. Um, back then, you know Cisco IT ran into an issue that now we're trying to solve now that we're part of Cisco, um, which is you know, how do we make it easy for any network audience to be able to consume the data that ThousandEyes collects and be able to solve complex network problems, especially as they're migrating to cloud and using the internet? Um, and Cisco IT was like in the early days, I think the, the, the edge routing platforms, the ISRs, had just come out with the ability to host third-party software. And so we actually worked with them to certify the ability to run our enterprise agent as sort of a virtual machine on the ISRs so they can expand out across Cisco IT. And fast forward many years, today we're sitting here because one of the things we're really excited about is talking about you know, the, the, the first wave of integrations that we can now um, uh, announce as part of being, being in Cisco, especially with the Catalyst 9Ks that we're really excited about. So uh, as we dig, in, this is shy. As we dig into the uh, the nine Ks, uh, I know there's a, a lot of new products called nine K, and I want to get more specific about which platforms we're actually talking about with the nine K. Uh, I I assume that the ninety three and ninety four hundred platforms are part of your prime target as a campus access switches. Yeah, exactly. Um, our our early target for the campus access switches was is the ninety three hundreds and the ninety four hundreds because they typically tend to be, you know, at 
almost a, a majority of their sites uh, where you know users have wanted visibility. They also are close to the access layer, the 9300 specifically, closer to the user, so you actually have the ability to you know, originate the, the test traffic as close to the user as possible and be able to measure against you know, the applications, whether those are you know, internally hosted or cloud-hosted. Um, yeah, and, and, and that was really kind of the impetus, right, is you know, one, there are two, two main problems we wanted to solve with kind of the initial integration and the, the ability to run enterprise engines on the 9300s and the 9400s. One was around, you know, um, network team autonomy. Um, can we give network teams more control over the ability to host software that helps them gain visibility across networks as they um, leverage, you know, as they re-architect their internal or external networks for accessing cloud applications? Um, there are also sort of this need around how do we make it easier for network teams to adopt Thousandize where in some sites you may not have the necessary infrastructure essentially like server closets, et cetera, to host soft third-party software, or in this case, in a thousand enterprise agents. Um, and so part of the, our effort really initially was focused around making it as easy as possible for, you know, network owners to be able to host, you know, thousand enterprise agents using their existing investments in Catalyst 93 and 9400 devices without any additional hardware really required. Is there a minimum version uh, that you need to run on your switches before you can leverage this functionality? Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, as most of you, you know, you, you, most of the listeners probably familiar, you know, the, the Catalyst 93, 94 and other, you know, platforms have supported the ability to run um, uh, containers on or, you know, third-party software or application hosting infrastructure on 9Ks from, from previously. However, you know, those required uh, a, a external solid state drive to host an application um, previously. Um, so part of what we did uh, with the, the Catalyst 93, 9400, you know, teams is um, build essentially what we call a native integration onto these switches, um, which really means that you can deploy the enterprise agent on Flash as a Cisco signed application that... Uh, you cannot do with other third-party applications. Um, so, and, and, and as part of, you know, unlocking that capability, customers do need to upgrade to 17.3.3 iOS XE release that was launched, uh, or FCS, you know, uh, late February, early March. Thank you. So is that is that something that you need a separate license for to add that to your device, or how does that work? Yeah, so thousand ice is basically thousand ice licenses are based on consumption. So we don't actually have licenses for agents per se. Um, we have what we call thousand ice units, and you can use those units to run tests. So essentially, you can deploy as many enterprise agents as you want. Um, we don't really care about that, and we don't charge you for that. Now, what's really interesting in this debate is um, actually what has happened lately. Uh, in terms of thousand eyes on Catalyst 93, 9400 are, are actually two things. We have dis discussed the first thing, which is we can now run the enterprise agent on the Catalyst switch. But there's another important part of it. Um, if you have a 93 or 9400 Catalyst switch uh, with DNA Advantage or Premier license, you're actually entitled to receive thousand eyes units to run some tests. Um, 
on that specific switch. Now, the way we do that is, um, for instance, if you purchase 100 switches, you get a certain amount of 1,000 units. We do not demand from you that you actually run 100 tests on 100 Catalyst switches. You can use those units any way you, you want. You can actually run tests on less switches or more switches or whatever you want. Um, so if you are entitled uh, to, well, if you purchase basically a DNA Premier or DNA Advantage license for a Catalyst switch, you're entitled to receive a certain amount of 1,000 units. That does not obviously limit you. Um, you can always purchase more, um, but you get that for free basically. Cool. Um, guys, let me circle back uh, to the um, to the models that you support because you are talking about 93, 94. A lot of customers use 92 as well. Um, are they coming to play? And another question is uh, about Meraki. Um, is that something you're working on and uh, planning to integrate as well? Because Yeah, so on, 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 yeah on the topic of 9200s, um, they're not currently supported, um, and they they actually do not support app hosting. Um, so it, you know that's a, that's a framework that we need to be able to host the thousands enterprise agent container. So there are no current plans to extend this on ninety two hundreds. Any infrastructure you know, across the Cisco ecosystem that has an app hosting framework that we've seen across, you know, the, the, the Catalyst 93, 94, 95, 96. Um, also, we've seen this across in the Cisco Integrate Services routers, uh, the, the new Catalyst routers allow us the ability to actually extend this framework across other Cisco platforms. Uh, so that's really kind of like one of the it's kind of the prerequisites that allows us to kind of easily extend Thousandize across the Cisco portfolio. On Meraki, um, you know, I think I think it's still something we're we're exploring. Um, there aren't anything, you know, there aren't committed timelines to that yet. But I think I think there's an interesting problem we can solve. Definitely, if we think about sort of the the Venn diagram of customers that leverage Catalyst uh, across their campus environments, um, as well as like ISRs or Catalyst 8Ks on their WAN edge, but then also potentially use Meraki for large scale retail deployments or um, um, you know, uh, an environment where you have, you know, uh, a large scale set of sites that need to cloud manage hardware to easily spin up uh, infrastructure. I think there's definitely an area where we should continue to explore and be able to provide that same level of visibility across Meraki environments. But it's something uh, I'd like you to stay tuned and maybe we'll do another one, another podcast in a few months and we can talk about that. <laughs> So this is shy. I have looked kind of looking at something we've been talking about, like the uh, I guess the nuts and bolts of of how this works here. But uh, I'm kind of now trying to take a step back, and I think I mean this is really exciting because one of the issues that uh, I see in organizations is that uh, it's unavoidable today for us to consume services both on prem and off the cloud. Uh, so there's an immense amount of what I call the digital supply chain. And when you when you have that, I mean, going to the cloud, different providers, there's a lot of failures. Uh, so I, I see here that, I mean, this is just like a lot more data points in this whole digital supply chain that we can cut into the problem very, very quickly. Yeah, yeah. There's As you were saying that, there's like an image that popped up in my head that we usually showcase in our, in our customer environments um, where... You can effectively be, let's say, a user sitting at a at a branch office um, in your in your office, and you're sending traffic across your internal LAN, which can be you know a few a few segments, layer three segments, 
Then you exit across, which could be multiple WAN circuits. So you're going either across a DIA, um, across your next top ISP provider. You could potentially be, you know, policied across MPLS for maybe real-time traffic. Um, that takes you perhaps to maybe a, you know, a regional breakout for direct connect access to cloud environments. Or, you know, if you're going across MPLS, maybe you're, you're using that as a breakout for DIA specifically where you have no DIA. And maybe you also have a cloud security gateway or, you know, middle mile that's providing you, you know, secure cloud access to, you know, applications in, in, that are deployed in cloud. And so you effectively have these, you know, and then essentially, then you'll also have the, the, the cloud service provider network that is essentially optimized to uh, minimize the amount of time you're going to spend on the public internet as as you see more and more of these public providers kind of build their their large scale CDNs across the world. And so you, what you're what you're seeing is like multiple segments essentially across the network: your LAN, your 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 next top LAN providers, your larger broader internet circuit, your middle mile optimi- optimization network, and you also have your your cloud provider network. Um, and this is only becoming more complex now, even as you know, as as more and more users move to homes, where that land environment that you used to control um, is a home office environment that's running Comcast, um, and is is now going across the internet, maybe even on a, on a yeah at a higher clip than you did before. Um, and you're maybe accessing an applications that deploy in the cloud. So in the entire user journey of a user working from home, you have no control over the end-to-end end-to-end network. So I think that the ability to be able to to have visibility across environments where you have essentially no ownership of cross applications or or networks uh, was is really really important to be able to understand the end-to-end journey. It's like leapfrogging from one location to the other, to the other, to the other. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and we hope that you can continue to, to kind of, Thousands can help you make that transition as quickly as possible. Yeah, you know, what I wanted to add here is maybe to highlight the important difference between Thousand Eyes and, and other monitoring tools that you might have. You know, when you are leapfrogging through all those networks, when you're going from your office uh, to your SASE, to your cloud provider, um, suddenly there are a lot of leaves in between where you do not have any insight. You cannot access your cloud provider's routers with SNMP, right? And this is where Thousand Eyes comes in. Instead of you leapfrogging with your network monitoring tools through all those steps, um, you just need Thousand Eyes. You set up an enterprise agent in your office and you test the service on the other side. It could be Office 365, it could be a service in your data center, it could be any kind of service that your users are using. We provide you not just the end-to-end metrics, but also complete path visibility between your users and the service. And that's kind of, you know, basically the value proposition of Thousand Eyes. Yeah, so it's basically a smoke being on steroids. You could say so. You could say so. Um, you know, so, so we were also called IPSLA on steroids. Um, although, honestly, you know, we, we go much further and much wider than that. Um, we are... Thousand Eyes has a couple of advantages uh, compared to, to, to the network tools, tools, uh, network tools that we all know, such as you know, ping, traceroute, uh, IPSLA, etc. Um, first of all, we monitor what's happening on the network layer, right? In layers three and four. Um, but 
in addition to that, we also monitor what's going on in the application layer. And that's more, what is more important is we collect all that data and we correlate it in the same centralized view. So basically, I'll give you an example. Uh, you have an issue with your WebEx. Um, you know that the WebEx is, is causing you some issues. Um, your MOS score is running really low. Um, your users are complaining. Um, Thousand Eyes can give you not just information about the MOS score, it can also give you information about the network latency, network jitter, and it can also give you information where the issue is actually happening. Thousand Eyes can tell you, you know what, um, there is, yes, your MOS score of your WebEx is really, really low. Uh, it is because you have really high latency, and that latency, you have it uh, between you and your upstream ISP. Yeah, does it that you can actually take this data and somehow influence your path selection or direct your traffic? Because you have full visibility on the paths from the point A to point B, and uh, you know, just uh, free progging through these all hopes, you can just go back and understand where the best path for the fork. Well, that is what we would like to do in the future. Um, that's definitely something we will have insights now that we are part of part of Cisco. Um, we all know that Cisco is going into the uh, software-defined networking direction with, with pretty much all the products, right? And what software-defined controller needs is information. You know, it needs to have information fed through the Nordbound uh, API. And this is where Thousand Eyes can, can potentially help a lot um, because we have really large data sets of information. We are literally collecting billions of data points every day. Um, and this is something that we can definitely pipe into routing decisions as well. To follow up on that question, I mean, I know uh, Cisco also has the, um, I, I guess, the the sensors that they, uh, I think the 1800 that you can get as, either as a physical sensor, or you can run that on the switch as well. What's the difference? I mean, do, do they can run together, I presume? Um, yeah, it's we we've we've been exploring kind of just the matrix of Cisco products where we could potentially run an enterprise agent. I think one one key point though I, I do I do want to make is enterprise agents are only required to be installed at the source of where the traffic originates. Um, as we gather traffic from wherever the agent is to an ap application, there's no additional installation of software required across your LAN or or other parts of your LAN. So. Um, as we look across like the, the gateways that you mentioned, um, one of the one of the things we have to work through effectively is like resourcing. Uh, what we realize is you know the, the 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 smaller scale devices typically don't have enough resources to run applications that are you know uh, a little bit more um, uh, resource intensive that thousand eyes is given the amount of data that we collect across you know the network, the app layers, et cetera, that needs to be done. Um, um, you know, one of the things that Thousand Eyes does, like, you know, kind of pretty much just alluded to is we, we definitely have a lot of expertise in understanding how networks operate. There's always been a focus on how the networks are actually impacting end users and applications and doing the application centric tests where effectively there's, a, there's actually a browser embedded onto the, as part of the agent code. That and that 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 sends you know traffic to a web page. You can actually render an entire web page onto the browser. You can actually run a series of transactions that then correlate back down to the, the individual network elements that contribute to it. That type of measurement typically requires some more resources that we haven't so far you know seen at some of the the, the smaller gateway devices. So we'll have to kind of explore some possibilities of either 
kind of limiting some of that functionality and preserving some of the network capabilities that we may need, but it's still kind of TBD on where we go from there. And right now, if you're hosting the agent on the Catalyst, is there an impact on the um, on the um, CPU or RAM on, on these platforms if you're running number of tests? Or yeah, I, I mean, I, I'll I'll take this as well. You know, there's that's a that's probably the number one question we've gotten from all the early customers that have adopted, um, uh, you know, thousand enterprise on Cat Nine Ks. Um, we've done considerable amount of of one kind of. Uh, architecture reviews to in- ensure that the enterprise agent that's deployed as a container is one secure. Um, so from um, um, from the IOX and then the iOS kernel that's 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 running the agent. Second, we've also done testing to one ensure that um, you can run all the tests you generally would from an enterprise agent on other platforms. Second, we've also benchmarked those results against. A comparable agent um, and ensure that the results across, you know, for example, like an HTTP response time for an application incorporates DNS times, TCP connect times, SSL times, wait times. Oh, those results and the quality results are comparable to what we'd expect from from a non Cat Nine K agent, as well as as we're running the series of tests we do on Cat Nine Ks, um, there are no um, um, performance implications to the actual switch operation and, and measuring the CPU and RAM utilization as you're running those tests and is ensuring that the switch is able to perform all its duties. Because that's really kind of the, that will be kind of P0, if you will, right? It, that has to, that cannot be compromised. And so we're very, very you know, sensitive to that. Are there any differences between the between an enterprise agent and an integrated agent? No, actually, those two are the same. Um, So just to clear that out, when we're talking about the integrated agent, this is just an enterprise agent that is running uh, inside the container on a Catalyst switch or other Cisco device. There is one distinction, though, I I would make um, for customers that are adopting, you know, the the enterprise agent on the Cat9K in the 17.3.3 release. um, Because we wanted to ensure that customers can run our enterprise agent with no additional hardware, essentially it's running on Flash. You can run all the thousand eyes tests that you typically would on a non Cat 9K, except for some of the browser based tests initially, um, if you're running it on Flash. So the browser based tests are um, effectively the ones that you run within a browser um, on the agent. There are two types of tests in thousand eyes called page loader transaction, allowed to render web pages as well as do a series of like web transactions. Um, um, as we move towards um, uh, iOS XE 17.6.1, uh, which is targeted for you know uh, you know late July early August, I believe, um, customers that have a solid state drive on Cat9Ks can all can also run our browser based tests and essentially our full suite of tests that you really needed to, and it'll be a seamless upgrade where um, effectively you upgrade your switch from 17.3.3 um, the agent container, um, um, if you restart the agent container just on the agent, will auto-detect the presence of an SSD if there is one. 
and automatically install the browser components that are needed to run the full suite of tests. So it's, a, it's essentially a seamless upgrade process for customers that early deploy our, our agent on a switch. And and really, you know, it, a lot of it stems down to kind of the, the, the I.O. requirements and the resource intensiveness of browser tests. That's why we require SSDs uh, for those. Uh, but without SSDs, you can also just run our, our standard center of network tests with some some application correlation across web, DNS, uh, and FTP tests without having to need SSDs. So speaking of the deployment uh, you kind of brought up, I mean, for those customers on 93, 9400s that use DNA Center, are they able to deploy the agent using DNA Center or another process? Well, they basically have two options, Shai. If they have the DNA Center, um, they can use the DNA Center. They can upload um, just the uh, thousand eyes image into the DNA Center and use it to deploy uh, the agent to multiple um, catalyst switches, not just deploy, but also configure and start it up. So that's option A. Option B is um, whether you don't have or don't want to use the DNA center, you can just perform that on the switch itself using the CLI. So, you know, other options are also available such as Ansible, etc. If you have other um, orchestration tools that work directly with the CLI, you can use that to deploy Nice agents as well. So, and we kind of brought up, I mean, so if I go and let's say I have a thousand switches in my network, I can go and deploy it. But you also, you have this like flexible consumption model, like with tokens and credits. So can I just choose which ones I want to activate? I mean, how would I manage, for example, a hundred licenses on a thousand switch environment? Yeah, uh, Primoz kind of mentioned this earlier on in the conversation. Um, um, you can actually install the agent activate them, bring them online. Effectively, when you install an agent, the agent on the Catalyst 9K, assuming it has direct internet access or even proxied access, because a lot of you know corporate environments may not have direct internet access, so the agent can actually you know uh, be instructed to use a proxy to talk back to Thousand Eyes. It needs to talk to Thousand Eyes to effectively register itself where it gets essentially kind of an agent ID that it can use to be able to uh, say, I'm online and ready to run the test that I need to. Um, all of that does not require any amount of tokens or licenses, etc. The agents can be installed across the thousand switches, thousand switches that you just mentioned without any sort of unit capacity needed. Once you start executing the test, those thousand, a thousand switches, assuming they all had DNA Advantage or DNA Premier, would be entitled to 1,000 tests running at five-minute intervals at kind of the default timeouts. Those tests are effectively pooled within your Thousand Eyes account where the agents get registered. And you can use those for tests running either on the Catalyst 9K or even other deployment tests if you need to. Cool. Yeah. And, you know, Thousand Eyes is a consumption-based product. So you only use uh, what you consume at the end of the day. And you only need the capacity that you need for, for, for what consum- consuming the, the tests that you need from those agents. Um, cool. Yeah, and I, I think I have another actually question, follow-up question, um, if it comes to implementation. Um, it might be a situation when your uplink is actually over-utilized. Um, is there any specific configuration maybe for QS that you need to use for the Thousand Eyes, or maybe it's picking up just, uh, you know, by default, some QS queues? Yeah, so essentially there are two things in terms of Thousand Eyes agent connectivity. So what Prabhu already mentioned is Thousand Eyes needs to establish HTTPS connection to, to the cloud application. That can be direct or through the proxy. And it's a very low bandwidth connection. So nothing, no specific requirements there. When it comes to actual tests, right? 
What we want to do from those agents is we want to test the application that the users are using under the conditions that the users are experiencing. Uh, that means a couple of things, actually. So first of all, um, agent runs in a container. So you have to somehow connect it right, to, to, to a VLAN. We're talking about Catalyst switches here. So actually what every Catalyst switch has is this thing called the, and I'm, I'm going a bit technical here, but I think uh, Artem, that's, that's what you really like. Um, so essentially every switch has this interface called App Geek Ethernet, which is a virtual interface, right? And you actually connect the agent to that, uh, to that interface, and then you can bridge it to a specific VLAN, uh, whatever you want. So the idea here is that you actually bridge it to a VLAN where your end users are. Imagine we are testing WebEx. We want to bridge it to the VLAN where your end users are so that we can test WebEx under the same conditions as your users. Now, whether you want to use QRS, uh, QRS or not, it's up to you. Uh, there are a couple of options. First of all, even in Thousand Eyes, uh, for all the tests that we do, you can actually select the DHCP bit. So you can change a DHCP bit for our tests to whatever you want and then see how your network carries carries our tests. The other option is obviously that you do some uh, QS marking markings uh, on your Cisco devices. Um, it's really up to you. So Thousand Eyes is very flexible um, in terms of what you want to configure. We just tell you how you should configure that. It should be configured so it, it resembles the experience of your users. Oh, yeah, very flexible, I would say. And very smart. Uh, you just need to add to the custom rule and that's it. And let's magic run. <laughs> exactly. And, um, you know, we were discussing um, previously SDVAN. When we were talking about SDVAN, um, obviously all the user traffic goes through the overlay, right? So this is the first thing that you should be testing because what we really care about is application performance through the overlay. But imagine that your... ISP that uh, gives you internet connection between two SD-WAN sites actually has some issues, right? What we will see through the overlay, we will see that there are some issues on the tunnel. And that is as much information as we can give you. But Thousand Eyes, in a way, gives you that promise that we will allow you to look through all the layers to get to the actual root cause. And now we're suddenly, suddenly missing a layer, which is the underlay. For that reason, you can, you can deploy another agent and you can actually wire it into the underlay. And now we can do tests through your underlay network and we can give you information such as, you know what, um, the Office 365 um, experience of your users in your branch office is actually suffering because um, your ISP for the SDN tunnel is having issues on that router. But does it mean that you need to have actually two agents installed to run the underlay and overlay? Yeah, so the current, uh, the current solution to that is that you actually have to install two agents um, in your branch office. Um, this is a limitation we are aware of and are actually working on, on, on the ability to do that with a single agent. Mm, okay. So, and that, does the information get correlated between the two agents? Yes. So that actually also, if we just go back to the previous question, right? When you said, hey, how do you configure tests, etc.? So everything in Thousand Eyes is configured centrally and all the data is aggregated centrally. So not only we can aggregate data from multiple layers, from multiple tests, um, from we can aggregate data from the overlay and the underlay, and we can also aggregate data from multiple locations. Uh, so for instance, um, I mentioned previously Office 365 experience. Well, you can test it from 5, 10, 100 locations. 
And if you have a total outage of the service from 100 locations, that is the first piece of really important information, which is that seems to be something global, right? If you only have issue uh, from a couple of locations in California, it could be related to California. Um, we give you a lot of possibilities on how to aggregate the data. You can aggregate it in dashboards. You can put it on a map. For instance, in the past, we had large Office 365 outages that were kind of regional. And you just looked at the map and what you saw was a bunch of red numbers in just on the east coast of the US. So that aggregation actually is one of the most powerful things of Thousand Eyes because you can very quickly understand the scale of the issue that you have. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point around kind of, you know, you know, how do you data do data aggregation? It's been something that we've been focused on over the last twelve months, even more so. because um, cause imagine a scenario and we, we even covered these in the last few months where you have, you know, ten sites across the US all accessing an application that's in the cloud and unknowingly um you have an upstream bottleneck beyond your 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 actual primary ISP at these locations that actually um, is, is 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 a single point of failure across your external network provider that you have almost a you know direct relationship with, but you're reliant upon. And if there is a regional outage in that area, or there is a network problem in that regional location. Um, you could potentially have a countrywide issue if you have that bottleneck across external providers that you rely upon. And just being able to take data not only from multiple agents, but also being from you know multiple data sets that you have and overlaying them together to figure out these common breakpoints um, has been immensely valuable uh, for some of our customers. I think that's something we'll, that's an area we'll, we'll continue to invest in and um, where, where a lot of the value is being derived. Um, I wanted to ask a question kind of leapfrog a little bit into the security and um, a lot of organizations especially like financial and healthcare they look at the switching layer uh, with a lot of security now that we're installing a another piece of software on the switch uh, does that create a bigger security target how is that managed with all of the uh, p skirts and uh, and our ability to to really manage security on on this critical equipment yeah um yeah, it's a, it's a question that comes up often, um, and the one 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 point I'll address: like security has been almost like a a, a dedicated function within within Thousand Eyes since even the earlier days. So we have a, an infosec team that's rely, that is responsible for ensuring we meet industry standards on data security um, that we store within our cloud. We're you know uh, um, you know encrypting and data in transit as it leaves an agent. Secondly, I think if we can you know, compare ag- uh, against other solutions, some of the data that we collect is there's actually no PII data in from the data that enterprise agents collect from Catalyst 9Ks or you know any enterprise agent that you use. Um, there is data across potentially like private IPs and networks um, that um, is, is is sometimes we need to address. However, um, most of the time we're able to one address the fact that you know we uh, are SOC two compliant. We follow the industry standards as far as like, the data and transit and rest, and we have a, a policy around you know who has access to that data across Southwest, um, uh, like like most cloud providers. Um, second, I think it is, is really around sort of the, the criticality of the data. Uh, since we don't have personally identifiable data, we can you know bypass or get approved from you know corporate security teams 
the ability to run enterprise agents across branches and data center environments. Um, that um, is usually is not as difficult if unless we were you know capturing packets off the wire, in which case there there could be a lot of sensitive information that we need to be extra careful about. Yeah, so maybe just to add to that, um, it was not so obvious so far, but um, Thousand Eyes gets all the data from synthetic tests that we actually perform. So we are not doing packet capturing, we are not doing some flow monitoring. We create the 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 packets that are being sent, and we use that to do our measurements. Guys, and, the, and uh, are you sharing this data with other customers? I mean, what I mean by that, just a trends. For example, if you see without one customer, you know, just kind of global issues with, let's say, ISP1, uh, the same customer is the same. I mean, either any kind of correlation and say, look, there is a warning somewhere from other customer that you might be uh, aware of. Yeah, um, so... All of the public information that we have across, you know, public networks, um, we do use for cross, um, you know, cross test aggregation or cross thousand aggregation. Um, we actually develop a product specifically called Internet Insights, and that's part of our collective intelligence product set that aims to solve this problem because. Uh, in the earlier days, as we were looking at Thousand Eyes and we were, you know, solving customer problems across ISPs, one of the common questions that keep, kept coming up is, um, so I see there's a problem. The problem is across, let's just say Cogent, not to pick on them, but, you know, Cogent in San Francisco trying to access some other service. Um, and is that just a problem for that's impacting me or is this a larger problem across cogent in that region at that time and as as a thousand eyes data set has grown over time we can actually more definitively answer that question because we see that problem across many other customers and so we actually surface that information back into our data set today without sort of any additional kind of requirement like licensing requirements where you're looking at a test and if there's a, an outage which essentially you get a black holing of traffic across your network we can detect that and actually surface that at saying this is part of an outage. The outage is happening in you know specific network in this region. If you'd like deeper like uh, deeper information into like the timing of the outage, when it started, when it ended, you'd like to subscribe to alerts across not just that ISP but other ISPs that you're reliant upon and making decisions. You can subscribe to what's called Internet Insights, which is an additional product line uh, to kind of further augment that troubleshooting process. Wow, sounds like another solution for ISPs to be more proactive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's actually interesting because at, once we rolled that out, um, we actually started hearing from you know large ISPs that were getting um, told that there are problems across their network from their customers that are writing those networks to access services because they're being sent thousand eyes share links. Uh, so you can actually take snapshots of Thousand Eyes data and all of its, you know, detail where you can see the, you know, visibility, you can see the pads um, and, you know, ISPs are getting sent this data and they're they actually started coming to Thousand Eyes saying, hey, somehow my customers know that there's a problem in, within my network. I'd like to get access to the same data so I can get ahead of it and better serve my customers. So it's actually an interesting dynamic between you know, enterprises, ISPs and Thousand Eyes. Guys, and uh, another maybe question, maybe not related to that one, but it's, it's more about the visibility. Um, I know that SD1 has given pretty good visibility levels uh, on, the, on your traffic, which is coming through the uh, um, the nodes, um, and, and you have, you know, separate control plane for that, and, uh, and um, you know, console, web GUI, all these kind of things around. You have DNIC, you have 
um, the third one, which is uh, for Thousand Eyes, either any um, thoughts around kind of having unified single pane of glass or at least control it if you have SD1 solution from the, you know, from SD1 console and have these insights? Um, uh, the answer is yes. Uh, as I mentioned, oh. you know, the biggest advantage of Thousand Eyes is that you can correlate so many pieces of information at a single pane of glass. But that unfortunately doesn't scale, doesn't really uh, go hand in hand with other Cisco solutions at the moment, such as Meraki Insights, uh, you know, Riptela, etc. Um, the Catalyst 9000 integration is is one of the first really major integrations that we have re revealed in terms of uh, Cisco integrations, but there are others coming. Um, yes, the end goal here is to integrate with other Cisco products. Uh, we don't want to use DNA Center just to deploy the agent. Uh, we want to further integrate with it so that we can correlate some data there. And we want to do the same with Meraki Insights and uh, you know, uh, WebEx, um, Umbrella, and other Cisco products. Um, the fact is, look, um, as it looks now, uh, the future, at least in my point of view, is going to be SASE. Uh, which is just a combination of all these technologies um, used in a single enterprise. And that means we also need a single pane of glass to get and aggregate inf information from all these products. And um, this is where we want to get. You know, at the, at the same time, we also want to be respectful. You know, single, single pane of glass is one of those things that is almost kind of like, like a unicorn that we've all been chasing across the enterprise for, you know, probably more than a decade. And while we continue to kind of work towards that goal for our customers, we are also cognizant on making Thousand Eyes as extensible as possible. So you can provide our APIs and integrations in a way where you can send Thousand Eyes data in other places if you needed to. If you, if you as an organization chose a, a different way of, of, of aggregating data where you'd like a single dashboard. That's what we've seen to date, even prior to Cisco acquisition. Um, you know, customers used our API and our webhooks to be able to actually send information to, you know, other platforms that are using for data aggregation. And that'll, that'll continue to be the case where we want to ensure that the data is, is accessible and available as much as possible. All right. Well, I guess with that, I'll close this out. Well, guys, this has been another phenomenal episode of Cisco Champion Radio. I appreciate you listening in today, and a special thank you to our experts and champs for being a part of today's episode. If you want to learn more about today's topic, just click on the link provided in the description below. And just a reminder, you could subscribe to Cisco Champion Radio on your favorite streaming platform and receive alerts on our latest releases. So wherever you're listening to us, make sure to hit that subscribe or follow button now. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. See you next Monday.